Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. New season already, and we're ready to fucking rock. As usual, I am here with my favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? I'm dying laughing over here because you're the most hyped you've been in the last 10 minutes pre-show, and you're telling us how sick you are and everything. So uh, I'm excited. We are back. This is going to be a good show still. I know you got some great stories coming off that vacation. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone, as always, this show is brought to you by DraftKings. Head on over to DraftKings, use promo code FGD, sign up and get yourself set up there. Also want to mention our other sponsor, Fantasy National. Head on over to fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off the first month. Also, uh, you know, we're going to be talking stats and all that this week, Kenny, but where do we want to start here? Because Cantlay won the Tour Championship. I know that feels like it was a while ago, but it was actually only a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, I know football started. I know everything else, but... You tell me, my friend, where do you want to get started this week? Well, I mean, first off, you know, you could just call me Jamar Chase. You know, you you got to, you got to, in the beginning, before everything starts, you got to lower your expectations. And then when the show actually begins, you go fucking ham. I'm not sick. I'm straight. I'm ready to fucking rock. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, but first off, uh, I mean, who cares about the tour championship finals, whatever. Uh, I mean, Raman, not one. Uh, Clearly, you want to talk about handling your balls like Jamar Chase. And nah, yeah, handle them, can hand, them, and so maybe that's balls. what you want to talk about from your nice little trip down there with the boys, the bachelor party. I had many other women. I forget. I'm not even going to say it like that. I get in trouble <laughs> for that shit. I tried. Uh, but, I tried. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's too much. I'm trying to try to figure out. So I, if you know, no, Labor Day weekend I went to Florida. I uh, went to Clearwater right by Tampa. It's like strip club capital uh, of the United States. It was a great trip. We had a good time. No one gives a fuck about COVID down there. Uh, first off, I'll tell you that no one wears a mask. Great times, but for the first time in my life, I actually felt like I was old. Okay, so first of all, I'm at the strip club. All right, you know, I I get a girl. We're gonna go to VIP, but you know, VIP is packed, or not VIP, champagne room. And uh, here's a simple hint: when you ever go to a strip club, always get the bottle service. Always sit in the VIP. Uh, that's a must. You, you just have to do it to get the attention of the ladies. This is like strip club 101. So I know during the football season, uh, not many people listen. So we can go and talk about shit like this. We'll talk about strip club rules right here. Number one rule for the strip club. Always bring more money than you think you're going to spend. I mean, that's number one. Okay. Because running out of money at the strip club is the worst thing ever. And the girls will hate you and they will ignore you and it will never talk to you. So always bring more money that you can spend. Strip club rule number two, always get bottle service. Um, usually when you go to a strip club and you get bottle service, you will go to, uh, they'll put you in a VIP section. I mean, that is a must. Uh, the strip club we went to, uh, one of them, well, I think it was like five uh, while we were there uh, in, in four days. And we brought the strippers back to our house one day too. So it was like six days of strippers in like four days, like condensed in. Um, but it's, it's always, always get bottle service. If it's 300 bucks, you got five of your fence, 60 bucks, you know, 70 bucks, 80 bucks, something like that. Okay. You split the bottle. Um, because usually when you go to, when you, you go to a good, good, reputable strip club, and you get bottle service. Um, they will let you pick the girls that you want to be in the VIP with you. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's a very solid bonus. I walked into the, to this one strip club, Oz. It was our last day there. Uh, we said we we're going to get bottle service and this fake ass little Goldberg looking motherfucker who is the bouncer. Uh, he literally looked like Goldberg, Midget, Midget Goldberg. There was a Midget Goldberg in WWE too. This might have been him. Uh, okay. Uh, but um, 
Actually, I think he was in WWE. Yeah, it was in WWE when Goldberg was in WCW. Anyways, so, so you know, he, he, we go in, we tell him we're going to get bottle service. And he's like, can I pick the girls I want there? He's like, yes, yeah. so we just walk around the strip. I was like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, and they all come and sit and join. Um, rule number three. I mean, it's about the money. Spend money. Don't be, yeah, that's it. Those are the three rules. Bottle service, spend money, and make sure you go to the VIP room and ask very specifically what you look for. Okay, right, there you go. So, so, so I, so I was at, I was at the strip club, and I really felt like I finally showed my age. Like we're waiting to go back into the champagne rooms, cute blonde, um, and, and and she she's talking about like her rent. I'm like, girl, you shouldn't rent. You know, you should go ahead and buy so you can get that credit up. You know, rent is just wasting. I'm talking financial like advice with the stripper. This is like what happens when you turn forty years old. Uh, uh, that that happens when you turn 40 and then like and, you know you know usually before 40 like you know sometimes when you gotta like fart but you're not sure but then you let it go and it's usually good before 40 it's like 99.99999 percent you're correct you can just let it go nothing happens after 40 it's like 99 percent. it drops like a whole percent i shit my pants a bunch since i turned 40 years old uh anyways so, so those are the two things that change when you turn 40 years old. Uh, and, and, and so like literally I was giving her like financial advice and like we were in the, we finally get to the, to the champagne room. I'm like motorboating, you know, and I get back like, you know, this is a cash business. You really need to diversify your revenue in this time, you know, and I'm talking like all this shit. She's like, Oh yeah. And then later on uh, in the VIP, you know, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about, yeah, it's, you know, it's a cash business. You got to go ahead and, you know, make sure you don't rent anymore, blah, 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 blah. But basically, I just became like, uh, like, like, like a financial advisor to this stripper. And, you know, I basically spent the equivalent of like a, a half year's tuition or like a, a semester's tuition for all the girls. I spent like four grand on the strippers this past year. It was crazy. It was stupid. But we had a blast and it was fun. Just follow those rules at a strip club. You'll always have a good time. Uh, but yeah, it was a great time. Uh, I didn't watch that much golf. I watched the Solheim Cup. I will say one thing that happened was I was at um, 2001 Odyssey, which is in Tampa, okay? Uh, this thing, the VIP room is in a space shuttle on the roof. Uh, anyways, I was, you know, on watching on stage, sitting right next to the stage. I had my camera, you know, up leaning up against the water bottle and I was watching the Solheim Cup because it was interesting stuff. I love that team competition. It was a great match. Europe just seems to beat the United States in everything when it comes to this type of team match play. And uh, the manager comes up behind me, grabs my shoulder and looks down at my phone. I guess he thought I was recording the girls. I was not recording the girls. I was watching the Solheim Cup and he looks at me. He's like, this is the first, buddy. I've never seen this before in my life. Like I'm watching women's golf with like, you know, legs flying and girls twirling on, on the pole and all this crazy stuff. But yeah, I love all women. So I got to support them all. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a great trip. It was fun. Uh, you know, definitely massive re regrets uh, as the week went on. And I look at my bank account. I came home with like $11. So yeah, that, that's just what happens. But I mean, it's, you know, if you're single and uh, or your wife doesn't care, which probably never will happen. So if you're single, uh, you know, go enjoy your gentleman's club and have a good time. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Tambo, how was your little break? What did you do? Did you, I know you're still moving. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't think you have many strippers involved. Mrs. Tambo probably wouldn't allow that. 
No, no, but uh, just circling back for a second, that might have been rule number four. You know, don't bust out the cell phone, like you said. That can often get you into trouble if you try anything that looks like it, like you said. And that also might tie in with your how you know you're over 40 or getting old. Watching women's golf, uh, team event, great event, like you said, but at, at the strip club while girls are doing that. Uh, so there's that. And then last time we saw you, Kenny, you were doing the challenge, and I was given a great little play-by-play. For those not watching, I did not give the play-by-play of what Kenny was doing while he was giving financial advice in the champagne room, just for those at home, keeping tabs, keeping score. Watch the video, watch the video, and you'll see the (laughs) play-by-play on that one. Yeah, no, it sounds like a lot of fun, man. We always love Kenny After Dark, the tweets, but when you were out there, it was even more fun. The meals, the events, the people, the places, the stories, the, the little tidbits you were throwing out there. Gotta love that. If you guys don't follow Kenny, I'm sure you already do almost all of you, but if you don't, at KendoVT, it's just an excellent time. Turn get, get those notifications turned on and get excited if one comes up late in your time zone because it's going to be a good night. It's Or Kenny's at least having a very good night. For me, not much, man. Getting into the NFL swing. You mentioned it. Uh, excited this week I get my new house. So a lot of renovations to come. I don't actually just take possession this week. Get to see it finally. See what I paid for. Uh, and then it'll be a, a bunch of renovations for the next couple of weeks. But I'll, I'll throw some before and afters out for the people. It's a little bit older home, Kenny. So it needs it needs some work. It's got like those, speaking of strip clubs, it's got those boob lights up on the ceilings with the little nipples that come down, you know, things like that that I'm not too excited or, or fond of, not fondling, fond of. So I, I don't really want that. And then the bathroom was kind of like a shared bathroom. And I don't. it's like an older style where like people can get into it from the hallway or my kids. But then my wife and I have our room connected like it's an ensuite, but we want it to be two separate bathrooms, like cut it off, literally turn it in to two bathrooms. So we have our full nice ensuite and then the, the kids and people can use the bathroom from the hallway when they go down. It doesn't get into our bathroom. So some little stuff like that, a kitchen changeover. We're going to do it all, man. But uh, get into the football swing. A lot of content on the go. I brought the schedule up earlier and I was like, you know what? Maybe we'll get a break for the Ryder Cup. And then our producer, Matt, reminded me that at the President's Cup, they did run DFS. So I'm assuming that comes over. And so there's no break for that. And then it's like nine more weeks after that. I can't remember if they did Hero World Challenge or QBE Shootout. I mean, they can do stuff for team events and short fields. So I'm sure they will. So our break will likely be after December 12th, I guess. We get a small one after the RSM Classic. Uh, With that said, I do want to talk quickly, Kenny. Listener League, we don't have anything to talk about for this week. Uh, not doing one for right now. We're trying to get something set up now with the DraftKings sponsorship, getting the, getting something better going there. But we have decided it's an executive decision. Uh, you know, Kenny and I both, basically Kenny doesn't care, so I just made it up. But I'm not going to do it for Ryder Cup and talk about the Tournament of Champions. So for those of you that have won our listener league and are in the Tournament of Champions, we're going to get some really good prizes set up. I promise that. But we've decided we're going to let it run through swing season, just to make a a little bit more fun out of it. It, It'll put it to about a 50 man event, which is kind of like a perfect number. Uh, It ends at the RSM classic. We all love the sea Island resort. Uh, We love that. We love that event. We love that course. And it sort of rounds it out. So that's what we're doing for the tournament of champions. Kenny, anything else you want to add on anything? And then we can hop right into it. Now let's just get to this week, man. Let's get it started for these guys. Since they already had to get the story in the beginning. Uh, so the story time with Kenny is good. And me being just an old, old man and spending way too much money. Uh, but let's go ahead and get to this week. Let's go to the uh, PGA Tour. Heads to California for the Fortinet Open. Is that it? Fortinet Classic? Some shit like that. I have no idea what the fuck it is. I just call it Safeway. From Silverado Country Club, North Course. The event has been played at this course for like the last six years, uh, five years, uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, six years. 
Uh, so, you know, results prior to 2014 will be necessary. The last six winners have been like good, great ball strikers, you know, who had issues with the flat stick for the majority of the parts. Um, you know, all the winners except Sink last year uh, were outside the top 100 strokes game putting for the year of their win. Uh, Champ was 136, Tway 129th, Steele 189th and 105th, uh, and then Grillo was 107. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, all six of these winners uh, were inside the top 76 in strokes game key to green uh, for the year of their win. Uh, weather can always be a factor here, especially the really chilly mornings uh, can, can occur here. Uh, so, you know, it'll play a little bit of havoc on distance, distance control and stuff like that when it comes to the morning place, the morning play. Uh, of course, isn't like a cakewalk. I mean, Sinks minus 21 last year was 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 a, a really low score for this event. You know, average score has been, excuse me, been around minus 16. Uh, Johnny Miller, who helped redesign the course, uh, he wants this to be a, a place where they can take major championships to maybe PGA uh, or something. So, you know, he tends to keep the greens firm, not add too much water uh, to soften them up. Uh, there's still plenty of birdie opportunities uh, here. You know, the winners have averaged 20 or more birdies are better throughout the week. Uh, there was a lot, very light wind uh, last year. You know, this is Napa, uh, Northern California, so they do have those winds usually. Last year was pretty light. And that's why I think Sink scored uh, the way he did. Uh, you know, and so I, I think, you know, Johnny Miller, if he has a say in how the course is set up prior to the event, prior to when the PGA gets there. Uh, so my guess is he wants us to play hard. Uh, so I'd expect, you know, mid to high teens tops uh, as the winning score this year. And if the win picks up, uh, it could be uh, even higher. Uh, Silverado Country Club's North Course, 7150 plus uh, par 72, standard par fours, uh, four par threes, four par fives. Uh, designed by Robert Trent Jones, redesigned by Johnny Miller. The four par fives, easiest holes on the course. Uh, the majority of golfers will attempt to reach them in two. Uh, seven of the 10 par fours are between 400 and 450 yards. And only one is over 450, uh, depending on the tee boxes used. So you'll see a lot of wedge and short iron game here. Uh, two of the par threes long, over 200. Uh, two are fairly short between 150 and 175. Uh, the finishing three holes can lead to a lot of you know, drama at the end. Uh, I think uh, uh, 16 and 18 are both par fives. Uh, and then depending on the tee box, the par four 17th could be short enough to be reachable by some golfers. Uh, you know, off the tee, golfers are going to see tight tree line fairways. The trees are mostly sporadic, not bunched together like a lot of East Coast courses. Uh, but these trees are very tall and towering. Uh, the fairways themselves fairly hilly. Uh, with some slope and golfers have to deal with fairway bunkers placed strategically in landing zones. Uh, the rough around the fairways is two levels. The first cuff stretches about 10 feet uh, from the outside, from the edge of the rough. Uh, shouldn't be too much of a problem. And then uh, the main cut of rough is a blend of bluegrass and rye. Uh, it can get gnarly, but this is a resort course, so the rough shouldn't get more than two and a half inches. Uh, there are quite a few dog legs, and missing on the wrong side could make approach shots a little bit more tricky, especially when you take into account the large trees uh, throughout the course. Uh, low ball flight could be a little bit... Uh, bad for people here. Uh, you know, uh, you're going to see, uh, especially when it comes to the rough, they, you know, the, the fairways can play very firm, especially if there's no rain. Uh, so you want that sort of high ball fight uh, on approach shots. Uh, Johnny Miller stated in interviews that he wanted the, the course to have an Augusta field. The shows on the greens were slightly elevated, uh, have a good amount of slope and undulation. Green side bunkers are prevalent in most guard the front of the greens. Uh, many of the holes have tight moan runoff areas and missed approaches. Atlanta, these areas make for a tough up and down. 
Uh, the greens play firm. Stip meter reading rating around 11 and a half. Their POA greens uh, should get bumpy as the day goes on. Tamba, what are you looking for this week? I'll tell you what I'm really going to be looking for. It'll be probably Wednesday evening. I'll be looking for ownership projections because one of the things about the swing season and the way it's kicking off, as always, you know, you got it here right now. Like I said, NFL started. A lot of people aren't really focused on it. And most out there will say that's our edge. I, I think that's what ends up happening is you get a lot of people are going to be condensed on the exact same plays in an event that is basically a glorified corn fairy tour event. We're going to talk plenty of corn fairy tour. At least I am for this event. When we go through these tiers and ranges and some of the up and comers and big names and, Shout out Willie Z, Rookie of the Year, getting it done. He's in this field as well. Got his Rookie of the Year right beforehand. Uh, you know, we got a little bit of Ryder Cup snub, things like that. We can talk, but everyone's motivated, man. It's this time of year. We'll talk one guy that I'm not sure. We'll, I'll get your take on it right out of the gate with Mr. John Rahm. Everyone wondering why the hell is he here? Ryder Cup coming up, all that. But uh, I, I just think for me, you know, you mentioned all the stats and sort of like what the course is like and how it plays. But it definitely is going to be a week where a lot of people are going to be on the same guys and the sentiment is just going to be, oh, let me just get some last minute information or hear what these guys have to say and go plug in a few lineups. Uh, that's where you can take advantage because in a lot of these ranges, I'll go through some of that more than I will of why I love a guy or the exact stats this week coming in. It's a lot more unknown. So uh, the field is pretty deep in the sense of DFS darlings, if you will, Kenny, where guys that we all love and talk about all the time that are actually entrenched in this. There's a lot of guys we'll like in the field, but you got to pick and choose your spots and then recognize too, I think a little bit of the strength of field overall. Like some of these guys put up the results in the Corn Ferry Tour events. This is kind of a Corn Ferry Tour event. So that's why there's already some buzz around a guy like Mito Pereira or something like that. As we get through, we'll go through all those guys. Anything else to add? Yeah, I mean, I get, there's a lot of Corn Ferry guys. Uh, this is just the way this tournament is. Every year you see the whole bunch, the graduating class come here and play their first event. Uh, we've seen people win. Uh, from that position. I mean, Grillo did it six years ago uh, here at this course. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities, especially with how strong a lot of these younger guys are. Uh, I have a Corn Ferry Tour uh, graduate in my cash game cornerstones this week. So that is how we are going about it. Uh, and there will be plenty of guys to talk about, but let's go ahead and get started in this 10K range. We got Kevin now all the way up to John Wrong. How are you going about this? And what type of strategy are you playing with this top end? Because to me, it feels like the win equity on these five guys is so much higher than any everyone below. Do you think other people are going to think the same way? And, and we're going to see a lot of two 10K guys and then going down to the bottom. How do you think lineups are going to be made this week? Yeah, I do feel like that's going to be popular because one thing I'll say is whether you think the plays in the bottom range that can make that work are strong or not, there definitely is names down there that are going to get played. Even if they only end up 5% themselves, 5 6% down at the bottom, let's say, some of these names, they still allow it to work and people will be comfortable with it. Versus, you know, some weeks we see at Kenny where we say like, this 6K range has 96 guys, but they're horrible and no one wants to click any names. There's a lot of names down below. And then even, uh, this is early to talk about this, it's at the bottom, but it just popped up before we started recording. The guys that got in on the Monday queue that should likely be priced in the 6K range or, or likely will be Justin Suh, Chris Ventura, Michael Kim, like guys that people know. So uh, not that people are going to play Michael Kim, by the, mind you, but I should say, uh, just so you know, that's something to bring up. The thought process here for me is John Rahm. If you think John Rahm is coming here to play and it's not just to show up and make an appearance and, and move on, then I think 12-1 is insane. Like that, that's way too cheap because... He's four and a half or fourth, even some places three and a half to one 
to win this tournament. His C game might be able to take this thing down. And regardless if he wins or not, and you, most times people say, well, at that price, he's got to get you a top three. It's not true. We've played this game long enough to know you can go back and utilize it and see if he comes fifth, but he's just the guy up there that does the absolute best and he still works with all the other guys that you've filled your roster with. Don't forget how much he scores. It has nothing to do with his fifth place placement points, which is barely anything in the difference between fifth and second. It's first where that additional 10 points bonus is the benefit. But if you still got the winner in there with him, you're still more than fine. So I'm just using an example to say why. I think there actually is some conversation around just locking Rom and just getting as many combinations as possible. Or if you don't feel comfortable locking him, maybe go 65% if you think he's showing up or 70% and leave yourself a few outs. Uh, for me, the other guys, I guess... I know you're going to talk about one, but, you know, Decky, I might have to break my rule. I think he could be a good little pivot there if you didn't want to play Rom or even maybe mix him with Rom and just try and go really aggressive. But Kevin Na, we, we just saw the Ryder Cup snub work for Billy Horschel over in Europe, got the W. Not that, you know, anyone thought he was going to be on the team, but maybe Billy thought he should be on the team, and he went out and shook it down and got that thing done. Uh, R.I.P. Affy Barnrat lineups because he just imploded at the end. But uh, Kevin Na. He played really well. He he literally tied with Rom to quote unquote win. OWGR has him a tie for a win at the tour championship uh, that we brushed over because who cares? Like you said, but he he said he did that to get one last thing on Stricker's map. And Stricker talked about it. Obviously, an you know uncomfortable probably uncomfortable conversation. The way he described you know the read one was a little bit more uncomfortable, but that that sounded like it to me. But he definitely gave Nah a call. He said, and at that point, just didn't make the team. So. All the debate around it, regardless of what, uh, I just think that at the end of the day, uh, he can come out here at 10,000 and do his thing. So Rom, Decky, and Na, for me, are sort of the guys I like there. I like Willie Zalatoris more for a bet based on the number than playing him here at 10-5. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to start every lineup with one of these guys up top. I think Rom is going to be fine. I'm not worried about him not caring. or I think He's here for the tournament. He's here to win. You have to realize he only won once last year. He's only won one time on the PGA Tour in the last 12 months, last 13 months, almost. Um, and, of course, you know, the memorial happened and, and stuff like that. He's been a top 10, top five monster, but he hasn't won. Uh, you know he wants more wins uh, under his belt. This is one that he should win. Uh, like you said, C game, B game, he should go out there and win with that uh, this week just because his talent is so much more elite than any of these guys here. So I have no problem playing Rom. I'll play a bunch of Rom. 12-1, I think, is cheap. I got no issues. Uh, go wrong, go all in. But I am doing what I said earlier uh, for my cash game cornerstones. I'm playing two guys here. Uh, I'm playing Webb. Uh, the game looks like it's trending back towards a good Webb. I mean, you got to realize he was injured for the majority of last year, which is very, very – kept very quiet. Uh, his caddy broke the news a couple of months ago and said he's getting more and more healthy. And since then, he's been racking up the top 15s, top 20s. Uh, since that time, he's going to go and, and keep doing his thing. The way his iron, his iron play suffered a little bit last year, but it's gotten a lot better here recently. Uh, so I, I like Webb as my first cash game cornerstone at 10-8, and I'm with you on now uh, at $10,000. He'll be my second cash game cornerstone. He won this event back in the day when it wasn't on this course, but he's had a couple of top finishes here uh, at Silverado as well. Both of these guys I think are great for this time, of course, because it's not too long. Uh, their lack of distance won't really affect too much of the game. Now we have seen Bombers. Do very, very well here. Uh, there's really not too much trouble uh, if you go crazy wild uh, off the trees, uh, you know, off the tee. I mean, the trees are going to be in the way, uh, but they're sporadically 
punch so you can sort of punch it through uh do your thing so that's another reason why i like rob but you've seen like Revy do well here you've seen stewart do well here you've seen shorter guys compete and do well so i got no problem using those two and kevin Nye basically has one more chance i mean uh, the one thing we saw today with the hype video for the Ryder Cup for the United States is Kepka wasn't there yet. Uh, we don't know. We don't have any updates about his wrist. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be able to play. Uh, so that could be something. And the thing is, with COVID and stuff, though, I don't know how they're going to do it, but you would expect them to have a couple of guys on reserve maybe uh, and where they have to call them up because, I mean, if a guy catches COVID, um, you know, he won't be able to play. What are you going to do? Just, just have his singles match uh, on – on Sunday and then just have one less guy to play uh, during the week. I don't know exactly how that's going to work uh, for the Ryder Cups. I don't know if there's going to be alternates or not uh, because of the time we live and what's going on in this world. Uh, but those two guys are going to be my cash game cornerstone and I'm going to play the fuck out of, out of Rome. Uh, that's yeah. just how I'm going. Rom is a Rom's pretty good in California too, I believe. <laughs> be, I, I know for a fact. So that's another thought around it. The one thing that, you know, the, about that hype video today I didn't see Xander and Cantley either. I know they had talked uh, they were going to actually go to Napa and have some time off together and hang out for a little bit. And I'm guessing bring their ladies or whatever it might be. But I want, you think they come and tune into this event? Watch, watch Rom no, and, and they, they are there. They're there. Uh, all 11 okay, players well. except Kepka are at Whistling Straits today. Uh, yeah, I didn't see anyone confirm yep. that, but they, on the hype I saw, video. I saw it confirmed. Uh, okay. I forget who did it, but it's, it's all 11 golfers on the American team were there except for Kepka. Uh, and all their caddies. So they're already at Whistling Straits. Uh, they, they want to get that work in uh, a week ahead. They want to be prepared, which is pretty smart for Stricker. Uh, so I, I, it's a pretty smart move. So we'll see how that goes next week. Uh, but let's move on to this 9K range. And I think, you know, if you want to be different this week, this is where you start. Uh, but who do you start with, Tampa? Uh, maybe I think many will start with Varner just because of the history, maybe Champ, right? You know, either of those guys. I kind of like getting a little bit riskier with a guy like Munoz or Sibu Kim, just guys that can score. Uh, they're definitely hit or miss, boom, bust, whatever you want to say, of course. But at the same time, they're, the upside and talent is there. And that's where, I, like I said, it'll come down to it. Varner, you look, I think it's a six of six made cuts at this event. So, you know, there you go. That's going to be someone that people are going to feel very comfortable putting into their lineup. You can play Rom Varner and get a pretty nice lineup, for example. But uh, I, th I think Kim... Munoz, maybe Champ, if, if he's not showing up on the ownership projections just based on whatever stats or something that people are seeing. But I, I think he'd be fine as well. So Kim, Munoz, and Champ for me right now. Yeah, I'm with Munoz. I'm with you. I like him a lot this week. I don't know how popular he's going to be. I think Varner will be popular. Siwoo never is. So if you want to take a risk uh, in GPPs, go ahead. But I like Munoz. He's going to be my favorite play uh, in this range. Just a ton of birdies. Really good with his longer irons. Uh, there's going to be uh, quite a few shots. Uh, if they go for the greens, at least six shots over 200 yards uh, every day. Uh, so you need that long iron play. Uh, he's really going to par four. For some reason, in my models for the past few years, par four scoring has popped uh, in this even more than par five scoring, maybe because of how easy the par fives are here. So I do like uh, good par four scores, and he is one of them in this field. So I'm going Munoz uh, as my favorite play in this range. I'll, I'll have a couple of lineups start with maybe like a raw moon, you know, something like that. Just go from there. Um, Varner, I don't know. Chalk Varner is always scary, right? Uh, That's the worst, I think, if you if yeah. I recall correctly. Yeah, Chalk Varner is always scary, but everything points to him playing well. But, I mean, if he's like 18 20%, it just could be – you might just want to go in and, eat, and not eat the chalk and go to Munoz. That would be my opinion. 
uh, when it comes down to it this week. Uh, let's go to the 8K range. I like Hoffman. He's going to be chalk, but he's one that I'll eat more than, than Varner. Uh, I mean, the way he his game is, he's ranked number one in my model. Uh, you know, his approach game has been unbelievable. Tita Green has been so strong. Par five scoring, par four scoring, one of the tops. Really good from 400 to 450 yards. There's going to be a ton of, it's going to be 200, you know, it's those are the, there's like seven par fours in that range. So I like Hoffman a lot. I'll eat the chalk on Hoffman. He's going to be my favorite play in this range. Mavic Manili, California kid. Uh, we'll go with him. Uh, a little bit. I know his girlfriend's probably a little bit upset uh, with what happened at the Solon Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe he can he can win one for for the couple uh, this week because you saw some glimpses of him having opportunities uh, mid to late last year. I think his game is good. Uh, you know, he needs to work a little bit on his iron play, uh, but you know, really good from uh, with his longer irons, and that's something that's going to be and really good on par fives. So I do like. Uh, Matt McNeely in this range. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, this is this range makes it easy to skip the 9K range altogether if you want as well. And I could see myself doing that right now. I just mentioned, you know, Kim Munoz champ. But at the same point, you drop down here. Uh, Grillo, you mentioned maybe some good vibes coming back here. Hoffman played really well during the playoffs, just missed Eastlake in the end. But man, he didn't even have a great season. It was just sort of turning it on at the right time. Had he had a better season, he might have been there. So that would have been a game changer for him. McNeely, really like him. You mentioned about Danielle Kang. I don't know. She's the winner, I think, out of those two. But I do think this is going to be a breakout season for him. A bunch of top 20s, top 20 machine. We like him on easy courses. We like him on California courses. You mentioned him, the California kid himself. Uh, really done well on the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour at the Cali courses. Obviously very comfortable with that POA, bent POA type mix. So I think he makes sense. And then Gooch. Uh, Gooch and Pete Perriera. I'll talk about them both. They're both at 8K. Uh, just two that, just like in the last range with Kim and Munoz, maybe less boom bust though. These are guys that just really have the talent and the upside. The price is more than fair. Uh, Perriera, I saw some talk about her on Twitter. Like, man, I don't know how you wouldn't want to be involved. Uh, even if you don't want to play him in DFS and you think he'll be too popular. I got him this morning. He's already dropped since. But first thing this morning, I saw 90 to one. Uh, that was just way too hard to pass up. He's the only guy that got the three Corn Ferry Tour win exemption. He came onto the PGA Tour, and in all strengths of the field, he did well. I mean, even at the three I'm open was way – I think it'll be a, a way stronger field. Now, Rom being in this one makes it a little bit close, if you will. But if you took Rom out, this would drop off big time, and that's where the difference is. And he got T6 there, and then he also went to a brand-new course at the Olympics and finished fourth, way shorter field but way stronger field across the board, and he did well there. So uh, I think he's got the game. We all talk about him, you know, the other Chilean sensation after Joaquin Neiman. I think he makes a lot of sense. Again, if he gets 20% here, I'm happy with my bet and just move it to a guy like Gooch, who I think has upside. And I can take us into the 7K range, Kenny, because a guy you and I both always like, I don't know if you're on the same page as me this week, but resort-style core sort of, you know, how what better vibe can you get than Napa sipping the wine in the evening than Pat Perez? And par four scoring, you talked about like this guy makes sense. I love him. I think he's yeah. the, he's the best pivot from Mito uh, that you can have because Mito is going to be super popular in my opinion. I think. I think, I think so the, too. The, I think the leverage play there is Pat Perez. I agree. Go on ahead. No, you you're reading my mind. That's what I was trying to say there. If you if you got Gooch not getting any love, but but what I was going to say is if you do get Gooch gaining love as well when these ownership projections sort of finalize and you get a better idea of him again, this will always. By the way, you should know it will be a very tough week. 
for anybody out there doing ownership projections because there's just so many names and everyone's got their favorite guy and their narrative and their reasons with them, but uh, myself included. But I do like Perez there underneath. Uh, after that, Chucky Three Sticks. Always done well. Uh, you know, this time of season, that, that's sort of his thing. He's fair, cheap price, uh, top five last time out. I do like going down to him. And then this will be the first of sort of three or four that come up. So Taylor Moore is the world number 130, an absolute beast of late on the Corn Ferry Tour. If you go look it up. So he just got 10th at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. If you take his three months of Corn Ferry Tour form before that, he's got a 10th, a missed cut, and then it's a win, a second, a fifth, and a seventh. And again, this event ain't that much crazier than one of those events. So, uh, and world number 130, it's just a guy that you can get after here that I don't think many will know or play. I think Higgs will be popular and I don't hate it. But again, a guy that you could bet at 80 or 100, depending on the, the book you've got and the number you got it at. So, um, Kazire, Straka, two guys that stand out to me. Uh, I'll leave one for you because you want to say it, but you know he's my Canadian guy. So just do it right now and uh, ease the pain. And I'll add anything you don't bring in to our guy, Taylor Pendrith. Talk to me. All right. Yeah. I mean, that, Taylor Pendrith is going to be my third cash game cornerstone uh, this week, the Canadian uh, sensation uh, long off the tee. Um, you know, when it comes to the corn Ferry tour, uh, one of the top birdie makers in the field, uh, when it comes to it, I think in this field of all the corn Ferry guys, he's what, uh, fourth and birdies are better gain uh gets scores a lot of draft game points really strong on par fours uh, a little weird that he's not that great on par fives because i from what he is a longer hitter correct tamo yeah oh yeah yeah um, yeah he's a bomber right uh and so he's struggled a little bit on the par fives but uh, these things aren't that difficult so maybe he's, he can go ahead and do his thing uh, on these par fives but he's really good par four score uh i think he hasn't missed a cut outside of a major in over six months uh, yeah, i know that's last, all last seven kenny Top 21 or better, six of seven, top 21 or better. The seventh event, uh, a 34th, not sure. too bad. And then don't forget all the, the extra Canadian love. Corey Connors and his wife put him up. That's their, that's their roommate. He's roommates with Corey Connors. So uh, I don't know if he still is, but I know he was for quite some time. And obviously that couldn't be a bad thing, watching Corey go out and have all the success that he did this past year, maybe get a few tips here and there. I think it's always good to be around other successful people. It can improve your own game, and it's the same in daily fantasy or anything that you do in life, in my opinion. I think certainly here for a guy like him, it's shown great golfer in his own right on the course, but this could be a very big year for him, so I love that call. Yep, uh, I'm going with Seaweed Doug. I like Seaweed Doug. I think it's a 90-to-1 number as well. Uh, one of the shittiest putters out there, but Poa, he actually gained strokes on Poa putting throughout his career. Uh, so, you know, his iron game has fallen a little bit, but you you would expect that to come back to the norm because he is known as one of the better iron players on tour last year. Uh, and if that putting stick ever gets good, I mean, I, I, I like I like him as a GPP play. I like him as a bet uh, at 90 to 1 uh, this week. And once you start getting below 7,500 is where you can get the edge uh, because a lot of these guys are going to be coin fairy tour players. There's a ton of the 6K range that I love. Uh, and this is where, you know, you're going to need to go ahead and try and learn about some of these guys. Taylor Moore, uh, one of the guys that you talked about, uh, Chad Rainey, another guy who's who, one of the best par four scores in the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, what is he like? Uh, 7,000 on the dot, uh, you know, tons of birdies. Uh, I like him. Uh, if you're going, I like Taylor Penn, Taylor Moore as well. 
Um, a lot of these guys are really, really strong. Uh, and, and, you know, those are a lot of the guys that I'll be focusing on um, when it comes to it this week. And other guys I do like, Hudson Swafford, you've seen him have uh, good weeks here recently, and that price tag seems cheap. Uh, even for him uh, in this type of field. So I will definitely go about that. Anybody else in the 7K? Oh, and my final cash game cornerstone. I definitely did forget it. It is going to be Patrick Rogers uh, at $7,000, a, a California kid. Um, you know, the thing about him is, you know, his putting has always been great. It's his T to green game that has been lacking, but he's actually gained strokes T to green, I think six or seven in his last six or seven events. His iron plays improved tremendously uh, in his last five or six events. Uh, if he gets all that rolling, he does have a sixth-place finish here back in the day. I think he's made four of his cuts here uh, in a row. Uh, it didn't really finish high, but at 7K and cash, you just want him to make the cut. Uh, so, you know, with his penchant for rolling well on Poe Greens, uh, I do like Patrick Rogers. So my cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Webb Simpson at 10800 Kevin Na at 10000 uh Taylor Pendrith uh, at 7400 and uh, – Patrick Rogers at 7K. That still leaves you 14,800 left uh, to build the rest of your lineups. That's plenty because there's some guys in the 6K range that I really like that people aren't going to know too well because not many of us pay too much attention to the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, so let's go in to the 6K well, just, range. Just wait. Go I, we, I got the bottom of the 7K range because I got to go talk ahead. here because uh, you'll say, well, how come you're naming everyone, Tambo? And that's because, like I said, if I, if I do play ROM like I expect and just roll them out, this is where you can just pick, do it in, build your lineups in reverse and just pick four guys from the 7K range, put Rom, and then see where you land and start putting some guys in that way. Because uh, we mentioned, Pendrith, I think Aaron Rye is a good play. I think he's been playing much better golf as of late. We, again, not a lot of people I expect to play him. I think a more sneaky Canadian than Pendrith would be Nick Taylor. Two top tens his last three times here. Always plays pretty good golf. Uh, you know, at the, uh, won the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am where we liked McNeely up above and he just came second there. So when Berger won, I think that's a guy you could go to and make a little correlation there. Uh, Bramlett is a really solid price here. He just won. I know some people are already aboard the Bram wagon as they like to call it out there in the streets, but he just won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship first place over all these guys in this field. So he's a pretty good play, bombs it out there, good off the tee, everything you'd want to see. You mentioned Swafford, uh, Luke List, Lebiota, just cheap PGA guys that you know a little bit more about that you could plug in at those prices. I love your call with Rogers out in California. Makes perfect sense. And then two guys here at the bottom. You mentioned Ramey, uh, 66 to 1. The book's got him at, and he's at 7,000. You might ask why, but look at this Corn Ferry Tour run. 11th in the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, most recent. Before that, it goes 12 top 20s, no missed cuts, over 17 events with a win. So guys just dominant, again, beating up on fields like these. Basically like a cheaper Mito with two less wins, of course. You know, there is that. You've got guys like Cameron Young, Davis Riley in this field. There's a bunch that we can get down to as we keep going. And the last guy for me is Alex Smalley. Uh, four PGA Tour starts, uh, some Monday cues. And when he does get in, he's always made it count. So any PGA Tour opportunities he's got, he's four for four made cuts. I think that's interesting to note. And he's definitely very talented, can score that, a lot. Who's Smalley? So, Smalley? Smalley. Cool. Uh, and and I like, I've seen some guys. I've seen some guys bet him at, at 125. I don't see it. I maybe a top 20 would be better. We normally don't. You talk about them a lot more than I do. I know you post them over at Gup's Corner. Uh, for me, if I was betting a top 20 this week, I think he'd be a sneaky choice. I like him. Yeah, Bramlett, um, Shank, Libiota. Um, uh, I'm in on those guys too. I'm playing those guys. There's going to be a lot of guys 7,500 and less. I'm going to play 
uh, just because I like the way you talked about it, you know, get four of those guys, go run and figure out where the hell you can go. Uh, I like that play. I like that uh, idea. And that's probably the way I'm going to do a lot of my lineups this week. And like, you know, for the 6K range, I mean, you took a lot of them. Uline has been, you know, playing really well on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, out there. He has some PGA Tour experience at 6,900. Uh, I think he's worth it. I mean, he's second in birdie or better gain in the last 50 rounds, Corn Ferry Tour rounds in this field. Um, so you line Davis Riley, another guy, a really, really top-notch golfer, great amateur golfer, um, you know, birdie maker, really great on par fours, Brandon Wu, 6,400, Cameron Young. Uh, there's a bunch of these guys. David Lipsky is another guy I do like a lot, um, sort of under the radar when it comes down to a fellow Asian brethren. I just saw Shang-Chi, so I'm filled with Asian pride uh, right now. It was a great movie. Everyone go check it out and support my peoples, my cousins uh, over there. Um, David Lipsky, I like him. You know, again, an, another guy who makes a lot of birdies, really, really strong on par five. One of the best par five guys on the Corn Ferry Tour last season and in this field when it comes to Corn Ferry players. Uh, I like David Lipsky a lot. Uh, who else are you going in the six carriage? Uh, one, one other guy, we've always bid on him here from way back when, but Vincent Whaley. If we were backing him, like I said, in some of those other fields and just for what he does is sort of a top 30, at 6,600, that can be more than enough. Even if he's your last guy in, you're fine if he does that. So I think that makes sense. Uh, Brandon Hagee, I like him. He bombs it off the tee, has some upside, at, you know, this type of event as well. I don't know if there's too many others that I, you know, really like down here. Davis Riley, who we both talked about, Cameron Young, who you mentioned, uh, as other guys that would make sense down here. And then there's a bunch of names that you can just plug in if you want. Uh, McCumber, Nick Hardy's another one of those Corn Ferry Tour graduates, been grinding out here. Uh, I think there's a lot of plays you could go at Chase Seifert, down at 6,100, but like I said, I don't know if you have to. You heard me rattle off all those names, and, I, and when I was talking earlier, like I said, I guess I used the 6K range in the example when I spoke of there's 96 guys and we all we hate them all. There's definitely ones to like. I'm using it more as to my advantage and hopefully edge that a lot of people will want to get those into their lineup to try and make things work or because they have you know, some, some sort of a affiliation or they just want to roll their, their guys out and I can just stay in that bottom 7K range and get Rom and whoever else fits and have some lineups that I like that way with maybe some more upside or hopefully some more upside. So before we get into bets, let's go over some of these Corn Ferry guys that we're going to play. Uh, Uline, Riley, Wu, Cameron Young, Ramey, Taylor Pendrith, Lipsky, Taylor Moore, Smalley. You got any? All the ones you mentioned. Uh, Dylan Wu, maybe who you mentioned. I mentioned Nick Hardy. Uh, going down, not not too much more than what you mentioned. I guess uh, you could take a shot with uh, Steven Yeager. The, this is the other guy that, uh, number one, coming across, right? Like, he, he makes the most sense, but we didn't even talk about him. He's just priced up a little more this week. But, uh, you know, all the guys you mentioned that I gave reasons for are the ones I like the most. Davis Riley at 6,400 is just an incredible talent. Uh, I know a lot of guys that have liked him coming up for a while now. Uh, you even hear stories from guys like Tony Romo out golfing with them and stuff like that. Just talking about the talent that he is uh, played at Alabama, the the second coming of Justin Thomas, if you will. So uh, I think there's a, a lot of reason to go down there to him at 6,400, but then all the other guys I like was seven K and above the most. Yep. That sounds good. Let's get to our bets uh, for this week. I will go ahead and start. I'm going to go, I have a bunch of bets because I'm doing a lot of long shots uh, this week, but I'll go with uh, a couple of my lower number guys. I'm going to go Charlie Hoffman, 35 to one. Uh, Maverick McNeely, 60 to 1. Uh, Doug Kim, 90 to 1. 
Uh, Taylor Pendrith, 90 to 1. Patrick Rogers, 110 to 1. Uh, Bramlett, 130 to 1. And Lipsky, 200 to 1, and probably a top 20 for Lipsky as well. So I think that's like seven or eight, but I mean, a lot of them are 90 plus or bombs. Yeah. All bombs. We're, we're going yeah. bombs this week. Yeah, I like I like your card. Actually, I really do. I like the Lipsky call, the top 20. I like that Smalley top 20 that I was talking about earlier. So mm-hmm. add that. But the guys I had, like I said earlier, Willie Z, I feel like it's more of a bet than than a play. But at 28 to 1, I'll try it on. Uh, McNeely, I got him at 55 with the top five each. I mentioned earlier, breakout season here. I think this is the one. All those top 20s, he just has to convert one. And there's been top 10s and top and seconds, like I mentioned, at Pebble last season. So uh, that, I've got the happy Harry Higgs. The, uh, the community bet. I know a lot of people are on him. I only got him at 80. Some had a better number, but I don't want to miss that one. I think it'd be a lot of fun to hit the Higgs community bet. Uh, Mito, I mentioned earlier, I got him this morning. First thing at 90 with a top five each way. And then Pendrith at 100 with the top five each way. My, I'm glad you brought him up. I didn't know if you'd be on him at all. The fact he's in the cash game cornerstones makes me feel even better. Uh, I really like that guy this week. Like I said, I think it could be a big season for him as well. Yeah, I, I think I'm thinking he's going to do pretty well. And this is the course where you see longer hitters doing their thing. He's going along, we'll just pound it out there, uh, make his birdies, and, and bring him a trophy. So I, I like Taylor Prentice uh, a lot this week. And so, uh, anything else? We're not going to want to know until the new season, right? Yeah, I don't uh, think we. I know we're not. I should say, but one thing I'll bring up is just that uh, fantasy champs, the place where everyone just did the big one and done with Mayo and those guys, they do have the swing season one running. Uh, it goes from the Fortinet through to the hero. So the hero's challenge is the last event. And one thing I would say, so they got a 50 and $100. They're smaller field, but there's still a few spots left. One thing I would just say is like a week like this, it might be the only one Rom plays in. So, you know, or, you know, he won't play in many. So most people will go with well, him. I mean, it, it, it's the whole season, right? It's not just the swing, isn't it? No, it's just the swing season. They do, the full season does Oh, there's both. As- they, do, they, do, they do a whole season, all 50 events, and they're doing just the swing. So there's two different versions. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about if you're golf. playing a just the swing season. Just the swing. That ROM would yes. be popular this week. And with a field this strong and with winners coming out of nowhere, one way to level up could be to go against them, especially if you're over, you know, overexposed or heavily exposed in DFS already. Mm-hmm. Do something like that in there to level up and try and leverage the field. But uh, at the same time, you could just say, look, it's my one shot with him. Let me just jam him and collect that money and move on. So uh, that's my thoughts on it. But we're not doing one and done for the swing season in here. All right. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find me on GupsCorner.com. Once again, this year, my article's finished. I'm going to send it right after I do the finish the pod. Uh, Wednesday, I'll have my final betting card, my favorite GPP play in every price range. Uh, and I only do one. I only pick one guy in the 10K range, 9K range, 8K range, 7K. So we have been doing it. So one, one guy uh, in every range. Uh, final betting card, any changes to the Cascade Cornerstones, I don't think there will be. Uh, I like my my Cornerstones this week, so make sure you head on over to gupscorner.com. Uh, the football stuff there is a pretty incredible tool, all the tools, so go check it out. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Definitely add me up there. Lots of stuff, all the content that I'm posting on a lot of free shows this year, too. I got another football show on this very Mayo Media Network. Every Thursday night we record. Nice. Comes out Friday morning, myself and JT Hayes Jr. from over at Run Pure Sports. That was a good one last week. Had some great calls, some prize picks, winners, things like that. And then over at Run Pure Sports, like I mentioned, you can find me there. All my football content on top of doing the golf show uh, Wednesday night this week. If you get over there, promo code DGEN50. So runpuresports.com, 
promo code DGEN50. Wednesday night show will be sort of all the final decisions on where I'm at. This is our first look. Uh, probably sticking pretty close, Kenny, this week to what we talked about. And I'm excited to kick off another season with you here. All right, man. New season. We're here. Like usual, we're not going fucking anywhere. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Joe.